welcome to the Customer Support Leaders Podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. Today, we're listening to one of my favorite episodes from the archives. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast today, Ash Rhodes. Ash, lovely to have you back for a fireside this week, right? It is lovely to be back. It has been a hot minute since you and I got to talk. It really has. It really has. Um, uh, Months. It's been months since we had a recorded conversation for the benefit of our listeners on this podcast. But (laughs) but we have been in touch. So I know you've you've been busy. I know you've been uh, been doing some stuff and doing the thing and the thing that we're here to talk about today. Right. Indeed. One has to stay busy when one is in the middle of a pandemic. Otherwise, one goes slightly mad. I mean, slightly madder. I mean, we're all mad here, right? It's all all relative. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, as we were just touching on an economic downturn as well. Um, and yeah, the, the fireside that you brought to me today, um, slightly under duress. I think, I think there were accusations that I might have bossed you into this a little bit, but I will, I will take that kindly. (laughs) (laughs) I will take that kindly as as a woman who knows her own mind. Um, (laughs) Oh, is that how we're framing it today? Okay, cool. I I can roll with that. I'll I'll entirely, I reserve the right to frame it a different way tomorrow as well. (laughs) (laughs) As is your prerogative. All good. All good. It's my my show. I can do what I like. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you'll I'll I'll create my own show and and (laughs) frame things a new way every day too. So. Whatever works, whatever works. Um, And whatever gets you through these, these difficult times, the pandemic. That's right. That's exactly how they phrase it. In these troubled times. In these these... troubled times, we will refer to bossiness as (laughs) today. (laughs) We really should get to the fireside. Like this always happens when I talk to you, but we should really get to the fireside. Indeed. So I, I already know what we're talking about today, but do you want to tell our listeners? Why not? So uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic, like the brilliant individual that I am, uh, I uh, left my previous place of employment and decided to be a uh, consultant, which is just amazing. Uh, And, you know, it went off okay for a little while. I was helping various companies and individuals, go remote in a super healthy and and, uh, responsible way, uh, helping people achieve their goals. But I discovered something very important about myself, which is that I really hate being a consultant. Um, Mm. It's just awful. It's a very stressful, um, not super, it's, it's not a very fulfilling role for me because I don't get to feel like there's a, a whole lot of ownership from beginning to end. There is no end because I just make a whole lot of recommendations and then they take care of it. So uh, I have been looking for a new what, full-time role with a company for, for a while now, several months. And as you mentioned, it's not just a pandemic, it's an economic slowdown worldwide. Uh, and finding a place that's looking for a very tenured customer service leader 
who specializes in remote work. Um, honestly, it's been a bit of a slog. Uh, you put in hundreds of, of applications and cover letters that are completely customized to the uh, business and situation. Um, you get callbacks on a fraction of those and you go through the hiring process and you get ghosted every single step of the way uh, and you get across the finish line. Uh, in my case, just last week, I'm very th thrilled to announce that to, to my rabid fan base uh, that, that I'm going to be starting in a, a new gig here next week. Um, but, but yeah, it's just, it's insane. Uh, the, uh, the process is exhausting and um, there's a whole lot of belief that people are sitting at home collecting unemployment checks and so on. But I can, can tell you that like not to get too political about this, whether you're in the U S or the UK or, or anywhere in the world that mm. the actual process of truly trying to get a, a job is a full-time job itself. You are really constantly um, putting in applications, completing assignments, uh, prepping for interviews, having those interviews, doing post work. It is it is a nonstop uh, job and one that is filled with more anxiety than I've actually had at any other role. Mm. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the to beginning because it's it's going to be relaxing in comparison, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there there is a lot to unpack there. And I think one thing that struck me was that um, we framed the very beginning of this conversation about how hard it was and is to search for a particular type of role, particularly when your requirements are quite specific um, in a pandemic, in an economic slowdown. But what I have always been aware of, certainly over the course of the last year, is that I trod a very, very similar path to you a year before, before mm -hmm. the pandemic. And it was hard enough then, you know, and I, I think we both had those same realizations about, about consulting in this space from a personal level, like everything you just said. For me, it was, it was, you know, I'm not afraid of hard work, but it was hard work of a type I don't like. It was hard work selling myself. Yes. Which I yes, really absolutely. hate. Yeah. And and then that was sort of followed by everything you said, you know, you'd make a bunch of recommendations and you wouldn't get to see any of that bear fruit. That was kind of demoralizing. Looking for the next client, looking for the next thing, the next and and, and frankly, in a space that is not very well defined, if you are mm -hmm. If you are consulting, like in, uh, if you're consulting as a customer support leader, providing support to support teams and and organizations setting up support, which is really where I targeted at the time. Um, and I know you went more for for the remote angle or or the remote right. angle yeah. in addition, but so slightly differently. But but nonetheless, it's not that well defined either. And so you. Oh especially sorry I, I didn't mean to cut you off but oh, no. it is it, it, it is the wild west especially a year ago um which is coming up on on a year now um mm. it was nobody knew 
what anybody wanted and and least of all themselves. And so they would uh, come to me and there would be a whole lot of comparisons to other companies. And they would think that companies had done certain things, which were not true. Some of them I worked at. And, and you know, I, I can assure you that that uh, this this company A is has done like when they were at your stage, here's what they did. And here's the ways in which they kept their employees engaged and uh, happy with the company, so on and so forth. Um, Oh, well, what about making sure that they're doing their work and, and so on? We really need to track that. Okay. Well, here's how you can make sure that you, um, are collecting deliverables and so on. Well, but we'd really like to track them, track them. Like, okay. I know you're talking about like keystroke loggers and and video stills and so on. None of that is going to make anybody happy. Let's just take that off the table right now. Oh, but we heard that these companies do that. They don't. Like they don't. Um, but yes, it it was just a, a good friend of mine described it as being hired to to make a cake and about five steps into it, the uh, owners come along and say, oh, but we wanted the cake to be made out of meat. Okay, well, that's that's a yeah. choice. And I suppose I can do it, but meat's way more expensive than flour. So I can do that, but one, it's going to be more expensive and two, nobody wants a meat cake. So really, are you sure that's what you want? Yes, we're really sure. Okay, well, all right, here's your meat cake. This is disgusting. Who, who told you to do that? Meat cakes are gross. We never would have asked for that. So anyway. This conversation has taken a decidedly unexpected turn. I apologize. I, I did yeah. not expect so quickly to be talking about meat cakes in my life. But, well, but there we go. <laughs> I mean, literally meat pies are a thing where you come from and they're pretty much just as gross. Yeah, 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 they are. Meat pie sandwiches even are a thing in some parts of this country where you put you take the meat pie and you put it between two pieces of bread. Let's not go there though. I think we need to get what this conversation. What is wrong with you? Not me. Not some parts what of this What is wrong country. with your people? Okay. I'm going to stop right there and bring this conversation back to where it needs to be, which oh, is on track before we're going to so much of this. I know I'm leaving this bit in. I'm leaving oh, this okay. in. Oh, fair <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you started with the meat cake. So <laughs> to bring it wasn't this... me. <laughs> this is right, mother dude. Let's bring this conversation back on track, which is, we, I think we, I think we can both say consulting is horrible. Consulting yes. in a niche in a niche new space is horrible. And everyone who's I- thinking about doing it, run. Like <laughs> the, the, the world yeah. needs consultants. I don't want to, I don't want to say otherwise, but if you are not someone who has spent a lot of time in sales and are super, super comfortable with it, you are you are gonna have a bad time. I, I think either that or that you have like a very, very industry standard skill that you can sell. Like you you are a, a Salesforce admin or a Zendesk consultant or something that Bridget. is really, really a specific skill that other people who don't have your skills recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, 
otherwise I think it's just really hard work and you definitely need to be a certain personality type but I I fully appreciate that neither you or I are <laughs> or so I I have I have been thinking that someone somewhere out there needs to form some sort of collective to pitch all of these individual consultants like they need to be the consultant whisperer who's like you know what you know which exact leadership consultant you need? You need Charlotte. She's she's perfect for this. She has all of these exact requirements and, and is basically the clearinghouse type of person for that. That's mm. that's what needs to I would pay that agency good money, or I would have when I was consulting for sure. Heck yes. Although I can't help but think that those type of gigs are rare enough that I'd probably just end up employed by that client anyway, right? Um, which I think is effectively what happened once once I decided I was taking myself off the consultancy market and actually job hunting. When work, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, for a so number again, of reasons. Sorry. No, that's fine. For a number of reasons, but not least those things we mentioned before about just wanting to see the, the work through and bear the fruit of that and f- feel a place in an organization where you can have some influence, shape something exciting and and all of those things. Right. And, you know, yeah, not have to sell your soul every every other Monday. Right. (laughs) And and that also is part of it. Like it's a never ending long-term interview. Like Mm. you're, you're constantly interviewing for, for the next gig. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we spent a long time talking about how much we hate consulting, but let's talk about how much we hate interviewing too. <laughs> and yeah, a new role. Yeah, let's talk about it's, that then. It's interesting. So there has been a move, and I I don't know if it is just uh, worldwide and and all industries wide, but it is definitely something that I've noticed in. Uh, all customer service and especially in um, leadership wherein um, so so let me let me preface this by saying that my wife is a recruiter and HR and so on and she has um, been responsible for hiring c-suite executives and so on where she's like done talent searches nationwide us nationwide and flown people in to find the the right C-level exec. The number of steps that I've had to take in order to be a director level are far and away more than what some of these companies that she's worked for have done for people who make literally five times as much with a better um, title. So people are going to, and due diligence is a thing. And I'm, I'm a big believer in due diligence, making sure it's the right person for the right role. But at what point, um, why do you need to have me talk to literally 20 people in an organization and do Mm. two, three projects, all of it unpaid? Like, Mm. why? Like Mm. that, that is one of them. Uh, that that is not an exaggeration um and i was practically ghosted like i i was all the way to the end and i didn't hear from the company for two months afterwards before they finally let me know that i didn't get the role i'm like at that point i i yeah i figured that out um 
Mm. And, and I don't want to sound just like I'm complaining. It's just one of those, why? Why have we as an organization or as a, a um, group decided that that's the direction that we need to go? Mm. I, and, and, you know, I would like to say that's unusual, but I've experienced an almost identical hiring process uh, down to the wire a few a couple of years ago, you know, before where I am now. Um, tw- I think I counted, not, not including the whole company presentation that I had to give. Oh my God. No pressure or anything. In wow. a foreign, in a foreign country. <laughs> they brought and you to a foreign country. They took me to the and HQ you... and I gave an all company presentation there. Not including that, I had nine interviews including a like a panel with the team and I think I counted 21 people that I met over the beat me congratulations yeah when you said 20 I thought I think I'm fairly sure it was 21 but it was certainly in that ballpark and I I I spent 20-ish 25 hours something in that ballpark on a case study um, not including the whole company presentation that I had to do, uh, and you know, and the whole—I I mean, I—I I could literally—I was hauled over the coals, right? And I think, yeah. I think that I, I think that the point I'm making here, because I could fill a fireside with that story by myself, and I'll try not to. But but the point one I'm of these days, is, we'll flip it, and I will interview you about it. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you all about it um, because it was horrific, but. And it was an absolutely an exercise in how not to treat candidates at every, well, almost every step. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm making is it's not unusual. It's happened to you and it's happened to me. 100% of the people on this podcast tonight have experienced shitty hiring processes. And I can bet if I looked across most of my guests over the last year and a half of this podcast, it'd be close to 100%, wouldn't it? So... So two things to that, I guess. Um, one is a statement. It has really made me very aware of, okay, if they're treating me this way now, how will they treat me later? And they're like the, the company that I'm at, when they had me do the project, they paid me for it. That was that was one of the reasons why I was like, yes, absolutely, I will come work for you. That's nice. But two, it has really kind of um, created in the back of my mind a list of things that I will never do to to employees, to to potential employees. I will never ghost another, uh, even by accident. I will over communicate if necessary. So I guess my question back to you is: Has it changed anything for you, like as you are hiring? Um, I think it has. Yeah, I I try and give properly proper feedback on case studies. My because I'm hiring, you know, frontline. My case studies aren't twenty five hours. These are you know a couple of hours work for a test, maybe. Um, which I think you know is as long as you would spend on a well thought through application anyway. So I think much longer, and I would like to do something much more like a a uh, probationary period or something. But but I think I think it kind of it kind of works, and I give 
anyone who takes that test personalized feedback, feedback on the test. Beautiful. Lovely. Um, and uh, yeah, just I, just really high levels of communication generally. And don't keep people hanging around between stages, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay to have different people at different stages in your hiring process. I accept that that is a reality. Um, and uh, I can neither, as a hiring manager, I can neither hold up my hiring process to get multiple people to the same stage because all of those candidates are going to have applied at different times and I will therefore be keeping people waiting. Um, but also, um, you know, just being quite, as transparent as I can be. By, yeah. you know, you know, well, yeah. not only transparent, but just, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, c- not cognizant, but, um, just, just yeah, just aware, respectful, right? res- respectful of their time yeah. and, and their <laughs> anxiety. Like every, you, you submit a application and you, it's, it starts a countdown of, oh, geez. If I haven't heard by X number of days, I didn't get it or, or whatever. And like, whether they, someone is applying for a job just, and they currently have a job or they are unemployed, doesn't really make a difference. Um, they're, they're still waiting to hear from you and mm. like makes a difference yeah. to, and- to them if you are going to respond like with a a, a message yeah request. it's it's definitely it's definitely yeah it's definitely about respect and actually i think this this the next thing i'm going to say sounds perhaps a little uh um a little vague but um as a hiring manager also i like to it's not a conscious decision but if i am excited about someone as a candidate i will show them that i won't be so rigid uh, rigidly in the process that I won't say, you know, I'm, I, I think, I think it'd be great if you could make this and do that and like, and, and actively be active in pushing that process forward instead of like just passively relying on the internal hiring processes. I think that's great. We ask the applicant to show that they're super excited to work at the company, but then we don't return that in any yeah. way and show that yeah. we're excited to have them come work at the company. Uh, why not have it be like a, a, a bi-directional thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and it's just about, uh, I mean, that goes kind of hand in hand with being highly communicative and not ghosting people and not doing all of those things. But, but if, absolutely, if you're excited to have someone on your team, why wouldn't you kind of want them in the door and working for you as soon as possible? And, you know, I, um, I, I, try you know for for as long as that hiring process is working out um i will you know keep keep keep, yeah. keep, keep engaged with it right um there's no point at which i just let it rest <laughs> while we meet you know well yeah you got to iterate and so on and and further to to a point you just made if if you're hiring you have a need to hire so why have it take longer than necessary like you should yeah. be trying to get people in the door as long as it's a good hire like take take the amount of time that it needs to take but don't have it take any longer than is necessary either yeah is yeah. my thought yeah so so yeah i i'm i'm thrilled to hear that you also are just like yes all of these terrible experiences have informed the the choices that i'm making going forward i'm glad to hear that we both are, are human beings that can learn from our mistakes 
so, or, yeah, or, or not the, even or, our mistakes, but just the things that have been done from us to us. Yeah, yeah, the mistakes inflicted upon us. Yeah, that <laughs> those words I can those work good. Words. So, yeah, it's been it's been a hugely interesting experience, um, and so on message boards or sites like Reddit, um, there's you know, a subreddit called data is beautiful. And clearly people who are way more into data than even I am, um, have kept track of, you know, the number of applications they've put in and so on. Mm. So they'll have just like that, you know, number of applications, number of responses, um, number of ghosts, number of first applicate or first, uh, interviews, second, third, fourth, and then, um, offers. And they've made these really beautiful charts that and flowcharts and so on. And mm. I wish that I'd kept track all the way from the beginning because I would have loved to have made something like that. And at some point I did start keeping track. Um, but since it's not a complete data set, I feel like it's cheating to, to make anything. Um, mm. But it's, it's shocking just how, um, how many applications you put in and how little results come from it. So. And it, it's thoroughly demoralizing. You really, as you said at the top, it's a full-time job. You really have to keep at it. And, you know, I used to think when I was applying for roles decades in the plural ago, um, I was surprised if it took me 10 applications to get a role. Oh, yeah. You know, and I remember now, those days. Do you remember? Like you'd, oh. you'd Print off your your cover letter, attach it to your CV or resume, stick it in a, a, a mailbox somewhere, and eventually hear back. But or maybe maybe I'm maybe, maybe that predates even you. But no, that was that, I mean that wasn't quite for the tech type roles, but um, yeah, it was for me. I, it was for me. <laughs> I, I remember going in and and hand filling it out for for in person roles and and stuff like that. Oh, that but too. like. Um, GoDaddy and and so on. Um, actually, I don't remember how I applied for that, but I'm pretty sure it was fil- was filling it out online and hearing back in a day or two, going in for an in person interview and having the job at the end of the the interview. Mm, like, yeah, that yeah. was it. Done. I for sure applied for my first technical support role on paper. And and stuck it in the post. Uh, that was nineteen. Well, here we go. Nineteen ninety six. I applied to Oracle. Oh, bless. I type like at Oracle. My first oh. role was at Oracle, nice. and it was it was a paper application. And uh, yeah, yeah, I stuck it in a post. Put a stamp on the envelope. Stuck it in the post. I think GoDaddy was two thousand six five. Oh, shut six. up! You're so young. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I, I got my master's before that, so oh, well, okay, I was then. I was busy trying to become a teacher. So <laughs> we all make poor life choices there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but but I think I think like just to go back to that point, you know, in those days, applications were ten, maybe twenty, and now it's it's hundreds, isn't it? And I think it's fair to say anyone out there might expect that i i don't think it's a given 
I think you can get hired in 10, but I think that if you're still sending out applications at 289, <laughs> that's kind of okay too. It's just the way things are. Well, you're you're absolutely right. And I so there've been several things where I've just been kind of a downer about, but but a couple of points. One is that it is something that that my partner has really done a great job of reminding me about is that the fact that I got to the end over and over again meant that it usually did come down to me or one other person. It meant that I was very qualified for it, but that somebody else just was their unicorn. And it also meant that there were so, so, so many other people applying for the same jobs. Um, I happened to find out through the application process that some, for some of these roles, they were getting 4,000, uh, mm. applications and, um, that sounds a little braggy, but what I'm trying to get across and what I hope other people who might be listening understand is that if you are struggling to, this is happening to you. And if you get an app, get a, to the interview process, that means that you have already beaten out probably like 90% of those other people, which means you've beaten out, if it's a 4,000, like 3,600 other people just to get to the interview process. If you get all the way to be second best, that means you have beaten out 3,998 other people. And does it suck that there's still one other person that beat you? Mm. Yeah, man, it fucking sucks. I am super aware, had it happen over and over again. But eventually you're going to be the person that beats out somebody else. And they're going to need to go and have like a binge drinking night to get over that fact. Mm -hmm. But it'll be your turn eventually. Practice, like practice interviewing, work on your resume, like do customize it. If you Mm. need help, there are services out there for like shockingly cheap these days that will help you with it. Some of them are free. Um, Talk to your friends. If you're not in support driven, join it and people will help. Reach out to anyone on this podcast or in support driven or anyone else in any of those other communities. People will help. We Uh, all want everyone to succeed. Because we've all been there, right? Yeah. And the thing thing also that you talked about, about practice, which I think is super important, is every application is a practice session as well. Yeah. If if, If you're getting a quarter of the way through, do enough of those, you'll get halfway through. Do enough of those, you will get three quarters, and eventually you'll get to the one that, which will be the most valuable, valuable because it'll be the one you really want, and it will be the one that you interviewed best for because you've yeah. had all that practice. And I think, and I think just not writing it off. Yeah, yeah. It's all about think- workshopping what your responses to questions and so on and so forth. There have been times where I've gotten a question, I'm like. I have no idea how to answer this. And I have flubbed it. But then I was ready for, it wasn't the next time or the time after, but I got the same question. And I was like, 
I know how to answer this this time. I am 41 years old and I have given hundreds and hundreds of interviews as the interviewer. But Mm. when I was the interviewee, it's a completely different set of skills. And I was just like a deer in the headlights sometimes. Yeah. It's okay. Like these are not skills that people are born with. So, so yeah. Um, And then the final thing that I wanted to say was um, through this whole process, I randomly ended up with three friends, two, two other friends. It was the three of us who were looking at the same time. And we were just, I've never met either of them in person. And we just messaged each other encouragement and like, Hey, you've got this one. And then if we didn't get it, like, Oh, you're still going to get it. Um, find your tribe, find people who will encourage you. And dude, that helps so much to just have other people who have your back and just will, will send you that encouragement. And, uh, I just have to send a shout out to Jason and Sasha who were always there to, to encourage me through my process. So that's all. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 209 for the show notes. And I'll see you next time.